You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, March 17th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI and Friars on Base, or my more entertainment, pop culture-related stuff at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, Bloody Disgusting, uh, Film Inquiry, Inverse, there's a bunch of different places, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Of this year, Locked On Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you feel so inclined, only if you feel oh so inclined, you can hit me up on either of those two um, uh, accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them, and maybe even answer them here on the show. As of this recording, I should have been uh, completed my locker room uh, uh, kind of live show that I did on the locker room app. Probably going to do one of those every week, and probably might make it my mailbag thing for every week, but we'll see how that all goes. Um, but for today's podcast, guys, we're going to be talking with Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox about our fantasy baseball league and just nerding out about fantasy baseball stuff in general. And because it's fantasy baseball, it coincides with almost like a mini, mini, like one quarter of a season preview, I guess. But before we get into that part of the podcast, I want to talk some spring training action. You know how I like to start off the podcast, guys. All right. The Padres lost yesterday to the Chicago White Sox by a score of four to three. Biggest highlights of this one, a couple of news things that were important, too. But firstly, we got a double from both Mr. Will Mai, the baseball guy, as well as Tukapita Marcano, the latter of those two. Probably not going to make the team, but still he's had a great spring, and hopefully maybe it'll give him some leverage and legway for the future at some point. I'd be interested to see what he does um, at a higher level. But the bigger things was the pitching. Joe Musgrove, he gave up three runs over the course of four innings, but all of them unearned. He also walked two and struck out four. The Padres made four errors. In, the, in that like first couple innings with uh, Joe Busgrove, like did it help? The defense was not there. All the singles came off of players' gloves, so giving up the three runs, it really wasn't all on him. I know he had the two walks and stuff, but Musgrove was able to work out of it for the most part, and you know not completely implode and suffer after that, which is I think speaks to him uh, being able to step up a little bit, even when his teammates clearly were just completely met. four errors, guys. Like that's just really bad, and they finished with five for the game, so just atrocious defensive display from the the Padres yesterday. Um, Mark Melanson, he went one inning, giving up no earned runs, just one hit, no walks or no strikeouts. That is honestly what you probably should expect from Mark Melanson this year from coming out of the bullpen. Not going to be a high strikeout guy, might give up a hit or two, but going to have great command and not going to give up any runs, which is probably the most important. Mackenzie Gore made an appearance. He goes two innings, giving up no runs, giving up a hit and walking two with two strikeouts. Mackenzie Gore is going to be interesting uh, I don't want to talk about him too much because coming for tomorrow's episode, I'm talking with Aaron Layton of Lockdown and Prospects to dive deeper into Mackenzie Gore. So I'll leave it at that for now, which is kind of cool seeing some more action from him. But I'll leave more of the details for that podcast tomorrow. And then the other uh, big thing that kind of happened was Pierce Johnson. He goes, he go, he gets only two outs, giving up a run. 
and a walk with two strikeouts. The biggest thing that happened here is he suffered an injury. Uh, as reported by Kevin AC. Pierce Johnson has a grade one groin strain. The hope is he can get a couple Cactus Leagues games in after a period of rest. So, look, here's the thing. Once again, an injury for the Padres. Granted, it's not like the type of injuries that are going to make headlines on SportsCenter as main headline stories because they aren't big starters, but the bullpen has taken a few hits, and we already talked about Austin Nola, so the bullpen taking some hits, and not great because I actually think Pierce Johnson, very, very underrated middle reliever type of pitcher, was very, very good for the Padres last year, specifically to the tune of a 2.7 ERA over the course of 20 innings pitch, so he was very solid for them. Not going to be some superstar our guy but it shows you the need to kind of uh let's just let's just hope that not uh too many more guys get hurt i guess you could say from the padres bullpen because that is definitely going to be one of the strengths of the team i mean teams have the team has strengths all over the place but that's definitely one of the biggest ones um but now lastly i just want to talk about the white Sox. they go they score four runs obviously they won this one uh carlos rodon was the starter for them he goes three innings only giving up a hit walking none no runs four strikeouts it's just funny seeing carlos rodon who was like a former top overall pick who I guess just not hasn't really rounded out to be the superstar pitcher that they want to be that's more of the Giolito uh for them Giolito is obviously their ace um and the other thing about the White Sox is love this team you know just just absolutely love this team they really are the Padres of the American League so many exciting players from Eloy Jimenez to Luis Sorbert to Tim Anderson of course and his bat flipping self I loved him on the CC Sabathia podcast when he was out a while ago talking about feel the dreams like so much personality there Giolito's awesome just a great diverse team too which I think goes overlooked about them sometimes if not for the fact that Tatis by himself is just so big and just enormous as a personality I think we'd be talking about the White Sox a little bit more, but still, that team rooting for them. I'd love to face them in the World Series. I think that that would just be a fun World Series where, in a way, obviously, obviously, we want the Padres to win. That would be better. But in a way, it's like, out of all the teams of the league, guys, that we would lose to in the World Series, I feel like we would respect the White Sox a little bit. Unless there's something I'm forgetting and you guys are going to hate me because there's some beef that exists between us and the White Sox for some reason. But otherwise, I love the White Sox. Really, really great team. And I'm very curious to see how far they go this season. Um, But yeah, with that said, guys, we are about to wind down this part before we chat uh, with Gabrielle Starr of Lockdown Red Sox about all of our fantasy kind of, um, you know, things in this crazy March month. You know what's been happening lately, guys? March Madness. I don't know if you're at the time you're you're, uh, hearing this. We only have a day left until until games start, I think. Nope, two days from now. They start on Friday. The NCAA March Madness story. But that doesn't matter. That's not the point, guys. The real point is I need to talk to you about the greatest tasting protein bars out there. I've been screaming it from the mountaintops. I've been screaming it from Mount Olympus itself. They're amazing, low calories, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bars. They are, of course, the Built Bars guys. And as I mentioned about March Madness, me or arguably more importantly, arguably more importantly, it is Built Bar Madness. Guys, today's matchup in this Built Bar bracket to determine the best Built Bar is Coconut Puff versus Peanut Butter. And honestly, guys, I'm the, I just think this is the, this is the easiest one we've had yet. I dare you to find me someone who's tried these and picks peanut butter. Guys, the coconut puff one, it practically feels like candy. It is so good. I demolished like three of them at once. Should you necessarily do that? No, it's probably you should be having these things in moderation. But what what can I say, guys? I had a little bit of a an inkling for some built bars that day, and this flavor was absolutely phenomenal. So very straightforward. Obviously, coconut puff. Direct me to the person that does not choose coconut puff, and I will show you a fool, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, um, go to builtbar.com, guys, or at built underscore bar on Twitter. 
to keep up with the bracket and what have you uh, and follow along to see who's winning. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar of them all. And one last thing, guys, really quickly, just got to talk to you about Locked On Today. Before we chat with Gabrielle, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And now let's talk some fantasy, baby. Let's go. All right. Let's talk about fantasy. I almost said fantasy football. Let's talk about fantasy baseball. You organized a league. And I just have to put out there before we start getting into this, that the way that you asked me to be a part of this fantasy league <laughs> was so terrifying. You texted me on February 16th at 5 47 PM. And you said texting you because this is the most important thing I've ever asked. Are you ready? And I replied, Oh God, maybe question mark. <laughs> and your response was fantasy baseball. Are you in? And I was like, I mean, <laughs> duh. And then I wrote in all caps, you scared me. I literally thought that somebody had died. <laughs> I mean, it's what I do. I had to organize before I like sent out the official invite. I decided to go to my closest confidants on the Lockdown Network, who I message way too regularly uh, for a variety of reasons. And no, but no. why'd you have to do it like that, dude? Just be like, hey, are you funny. interested in fantasy <laughs> baseball? Not like let's pro- let's just Look, play on Gabrielle's anxieties that someone's going to die every single day. Look, I tend to joke around sometimes, okay? And I have to admit, maybe it was a selfish thing, but I was like, I know this is going to be funny for me. <laughs> it was. For you, the operative term there being for you. Firstly, though, I think before we before we kind of like get into the draft, let me just quickly confirm like some of the, 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 the whatever it's called. <clears throat> the peripherals, I guess you could say. Uh, just it's 16 teams that we had in this thing. So the league is super deep. Uh, all locked on people, of course. It is a locked on fantasy league after all. We had myself. We had Gabrielle. We had Jason Burke of Locked On A's. Lucas Smith of Locked On Cardinals. Dillard Short of Locked On Braves. Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles. Ryland Styles of Locked On Royals. Brett Chancey, uh, one of the hosts of Locked On Astros. AJ Andrews, host of Lockdown Blue Jays. Ryan Ficklesteed, host of Lockdown Mets. Nash Walker, Lockdown Twids. Sean Woody, Lockdown Raptors. He just snuck into the the draft at the last second uh, because somebody <laughs> else couldn't make it. Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants. Ryan Laddick of Lockdown Rockies. And Scott Cullen, who does Lockdown Fantasy Baseball, which one of the funnier mini things quickly to just say, I at first, because we had to kick out somebody because they couldn't make the draft, kick out's a hard word, harsh word, uh, replace somebody that couldn't Banish make the draft. forever. Yeah, we banished them to the shadow realm. I was like, oh yeah, hopefully we could find somebody. Then Ben Kaspik messages, and he's just like, Maybe you should ask Scott Cullen, the locked on fantasy baseball host. I, I like, feel like the reason you know, we didn't you know ask you bring him up the, a good point, Ben. <laughs> I feel like the reason we didn't ask him in the first place, though, was because he literally is a fantasy baseball expert. So every time he it was his turn in the draft, we were just like, well, he definitely knows something we don't, especially towards like the mm-hmm. later rounds when it was like a lot of the big names were gone and everyone was just kind of like picking names out of their butts. That I was just one wa- of the funny little uh uh, kind of side uh, conversations. We also had a big Zoom for everybody to hop on. It was really funny. Um, I don't know about you, but like, what were some of your your favorite kind of moments throughout the draft? 
I guess, uh, because I had I had a couple favorites, and then we'll talk into uh, what respective players we each got on our teams. Yeah, so you know that was really fun for me. The only thing was um, that our dog kept trying to eat my headphones, so it was hard for me to <laughs> kind of um, focus on the draft. I will say that all of us kind of sniping players that we wanted was both heartbreaking and fun. Like, you know, Ethan really wanted Cabrian Hayes because he has been on the Cabrian Hayes rookie of the year train for the pirates all year long, pretty much. And he yep. didn't get Cabrian Hayes. I really wanted Mike Yastrzemski because it is my firm belief that in some way, shape or form, Yastrzemski's belong in Boston. Didn't get Yastrzemski, but my favorite part, honestly, because I'm a pun nerd is that I loved some of the names that we gave our teams. And I'm going to just mm-hmm. read my favorites. You are Reese Witherspoon, but spelled like <laughs> Reese Hoskins. And I love that because I <laughs> love Legally Blonde so much. Um, Jason Burke's team is, sir, this is an Albies instead of, sir, this is an Arby's. <laughs> Somehow both Ethan and Brett Chancy are LeBron is my poppy. So um, Did they you both give hit- their teams so- the same name? So, all right, to reveal the early part of the podcast, what I was saying, some people in our chat were hating on LeBron. Uh, earlier to, today, for you, uh, when this podcast comes out, both Brett Chancey and Ethan, Ethan Smith especially were espousing a little bit of LeBron slander. I, I would say Brett did some LeBron not my favorite thing type of talk, while Ethan straight up from the top rafters was just spewing slander. So I went in and changed their names to LeBron. It's my poppy. So oh, you did their, that. I yeah, thought I it was that. like a punishment or something. Okay, that's oh, you know, I went in there and changed it. Um, and I don't think they've noticed just yet. So I'm really excited for when one of them texts the chat, like, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck just happened? Uh, before they were locked on Hayes for Ethan. And I think Brett was something Texas Walker. I forgot. Walker, Texas, not Rangers. Yeah. Thank because you. Thank um, you. because of that old TV show. So right. I am in play puns instead of in play runs but yeah so that's our that's our league first of all who is your who was your first round pick who was your favorite get and who do you have from the red Sox? uh wow those are the that's see that's why you're the best of the business right here so my (laughs) first pick i had the sixth pick of the draft and here we go again god dang it um i took garrett cole with the sixth pick of the draft um Oh, and one one last thing when it comes to peripherals, because I think this should be mentioned up. Um, we had 16 teams in our league. So me and Ben, actually, we commiserated before we had the draft and we decided to limit the rosters a little bit. So things like usually you have five outfielders and a couple more bench spots and a couple more pitchers. We limited that because we didn't want to be drafting into like the 460 range and drafting guys that only had like 100 at bats per year. So that's just one thing to add um, just for context, I guess, for people to say. So I took Garrett Cole. Um, so all the, the, uh, people listening who are hating on my Yankees thing, uh, took him. Look, one of my philosophies for fantasies, I like to not just draft people. I like, and people would be good. Obviously. Um, I also like to draft people who I know will be on the TV oftentimes when I'm watching and I live in a Yankees household officially with my mom. So I'm like, all right, if the games are going to be on, I would rather have one of the guys from that team. So it makes it a little bit more interesting for me personally. So I took Garrett Cole. Um, and then in terms of my favorite pick, I think my favorite pick was Reese Hoskins just to go just one, because it gave me my team name. Um, and two, because we play in an on-base percentage league, meaning the category that we use is not the batting average of a player, but on base and Reese Hoskins. Yeah. He bats like 240 every year, but his on-base percentage is one of the better ones among a lot of the first basemen. So I actually think that that's 
um, one of the better gets that I had in the draft. And what was the last question? Any Red Sox players? Mm -hmm. Um, I got, uh, and I'll tell about my Padres players in a second because I got plenty. I got JD Martinez, which I didn't feel great about. I don't, I said it right after I made the pick. I was just like, what's wrong with me? I would have rather had Chris Bryant. I don't know why I went to the dark side. Yeah, I was really confused by your pick. I think what happened was I got nostalgic and I got nostalgic for when I had JD Martinez for like three years straight going back to his Detroit days the and then when he gets traded to the Diamondbacks and not his Red Sox year I don't believe no I, I didn't have him the Red Sox year but I had him basically when he was on the come up and just all why do you keep drafting JD like why do you think he's not gonna be good he just had a random great first season I'm like nah bro all of it's legit all of it's legit so he helped me win it I was nostalgic about it so I fell for it I guess I fell for the JD Martinez thing. Hopefully he's still good and just, you know, maybe he can't run the base paths well. Maybe he won't hit for a super high average and take enough walks and we'll strike out a lot. But maybe if he just hits me like 30 home runs, that'll be cool. And then in terms of Padres on my team, I got Trent Grisham. I got Will Myers, Will My, the, the baseball guy, um, <laughs> Jerickson Profar, and Austin Nola, who is injured, as I've talked about on my podcast. So that is going to be an interesting thing how I deal with. Uh, the catching things but uh what about you gabriel what is it your first what was the pick you got in the first round what was your favorite pick you made and then what was what was the other question and then what padres or red sox players did you get all right so javi my roster which i'm very actually excited about i don't know about you but so far my on-base percentages projections look pretty good um my first pick was walker bueller I've seen him pitch multiple times back when I lived in LA. He is a very impressive young lad. Ferris mm-hmm. Bueller is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I'm not going to lie. That was a factor. I was pick 13. So I also didn't have a ton of starting pitching superstar options left, but he's super young. He's already incredibly impressive. And he was the first guy that I took. My favorite pick in the draft had to be Eduardo Rodriguez because none of you saw it coming. No one saw it coming. He was ranked very low because he obviously hasn't pitched since the end of September, 2019. And he's coming back from viral myocarditis. So people are doubting him. His 2020, that was, I don't even know. I don't know how to see that, but his projections are pretty good for 2021. According to our ESPN fantasy team, Seventh round. Yeah, cool. Eduardo Rodriguez, seventh round pick. I adore Eduardo Rodriguez. I have been rooting for him so hard. Everybody in Boston is. And even though I probably could have picked somebody who is more of what you would maybe call a sure thing at this point, Eduardo Rodriguez has been already pretty good during his spring training. I'm pretty sure he hasn't walked a batter yet. I'm just rooting for him, man. Two games, six hits, two earned runs zero walks, eight strikeouts over 6.2 innings of work. I'm encouraged. I'm happy. He was my favorite pick. Obviously in terms of Red Sox, I actually have a few. Christian Vasquez is my catcher. Alex Verdugo is one of my outfielders and I've got Eduardo Rodriguez and Matt Barnes. And anyone who knows me is going to be really surprised that Matt Barnes is on my roster because I am not a huge Matt Barnes fan. He is not very consistent. Like he's either absolutely lights out or he's walking everybody and giving up a grand slam to blow the save and just ruin the game. And that level of inconsistency just like absolutely drives me nuts. So anybody, somebody even replied 
to my roster tweet being like, I never would have picked you to draft Matt Barnes, but two factors in play here for starters, there weren't a lot of relievers left at that point in the (laughs) draft. So I went with someone I know because the devil, you know, is better than the devil you don't. And also because he's a Yukon man, my boyfriend's a Yukon man, and I took the advice of a Yukon man. So I'm putting my faith in Matt Barnes and he better not let me down. <laughs> All right. Whoa, whoa, just a quick second, guys. Got to take a quick second break to talk to you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And obviously, baseball is just right along the way. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Free. That's right. Awesome. Uh, head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code Locked On when you do that. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Look, man, I think that you had a really good draft, I um, did have especially because you didn't. I mean, you haven't played fantasy base. Oh, there you go. Hey, hey, flex a little bit. I like that. Um, I did. You know what? I should good. be like. I gotta let myself be yeah. confident at least once in a while. You know, like once Absolutely. every six months, I allow myself like a half hour of confidence, and this is it. Absolutely, I, I think it's a well balanced team. I think. Just with your with the Walker Bueller thing, just one of my takes on Walker Bueller, I kind of I feel like he's reminding me a little bit of a little bit of Luka Doncic. And what I mean by that very specific is a stretch analogy. You know me, Gabrielle. You I'll love to analogies. make those stretch analogies. Um I feel like what happened with Doncic this year was people got a little bit too overzealous, a little bit too overexcited about what he was doing last year and immediately said he's the MVP favorite. And then beginning of the season, the Mavericks aren't winning a whole lot. He's not playing so well. Speaking of, uh, you know, Ethan complaining about LeBron, complaining about the referees, you know, Luka Doncic complaining all the time on the court and stuff. So then people kind of got a little bit, they soured on him a little bit. This happened with Anthony Davis one year where everyone gets too overexcited about a player. I think that happened with Walker Buehler to an extent where coming off of 2019, I think everyone was like, Cy Young picked this year, the end. And then because he wasn't awesome in 2020, they kind of were like, oh, he's overrated. You know what I mean? It's like, no, actually, he's really good. I just think we're like a year early on it. I think this guy wins a Cy Young at some point. I just don't know when. I just think that people jumped on it. So that's my stretch analogy for uh, for the day, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I love a hobby analogy. I do. Our locked on NBA social coordinator, Nick, is not going to love it because he is a diehard Luca defender till his till the day he dies. Honestly, what I've been doing right now is really looking more at 2018, 2019 numbers yeah. for a lot of mm-hmm. players because 2020 was such a weird year in terms of how much time they missed, the restrictions on how they were able to train and get ready for the season, even things as non-technical as how much time the players were allowed to spend with each other and how close they were allowed to be with each other as people, all of it played a part in making everyone feel distant from each other, from the game, from them, from who they are as athletes, from us as fans. If you can't hang out in the clubhouse with your teammates, you're not going to feel as close to them. And that's probably going to affect your on-field product. If you're not allowed to be with your friends and do things that you love and leave the house, 
it's going to affect your mental health and that might affect your playing ability. And then in terms of a guy like JD Martinez, you know, he suffered because a, he was hurt B he's getting older, but C because the video replay was not available in the same way that it's been in previous years. And he's a guy who likes to study every at bat during the game. He likes to see how he's hitting, how he's swinging before his next at bat. Like he'll come back into the dugout and be like, all right, let's see it. Let me see it. So he can make adjustments in the game. And without that, he said he wasn't able to feel as comfortable with himself as a player. Honestly, I'm not going to judge any player by their 2020 on-field product. If you're Zach Plesak, I'm going to judge you on your off-field right. product. But right. as far as I'm concerned, 2020 numbers can go out the window. I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair thing. I think there are some people who definitely break that mold. Like some people would say Tatis would be one where it's just it's just too good. I think the numbers with him, I'm not going to start doing a thing where I have to prove that. No, of course. I mean, good, people who but, do well, it's great. I'm talking in the negative of people being like, well, he yeah. was absolute garbage in 2020. Yeah. So cool. I felt Yelich like absolute garbage for, for a solid 12 months. I'm not going to start, mm-hmm. you know, crapping on somebody else for, for doing the same. Mm-hmm. Guys you know. like Christian Yelich, Alex Bregman, um, guys that just, you know, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, JD Martinez. Yep. I mean, pretty much everyone on the Red Sox almost had a down <laughs> year. And I'm like, all right, Glaber cool. Torres, Yankees. Yeah. Glaber Torres. Tons of players missed the season. You know, you've got Chris Sale and Noah Syndergaard coming back, Eduardo Rodriguez coming back. You guys had a bunch of pitchers on the Padres who got hurt, ended down the stretch. It was just a really hard year for everyone, and I just feel like I'm ready for a new year. And if you had a great year, congratulations. If you didn't have a great season, that's okay too. It's over. It's done. We're in 2021 now. It doesn't matter how you did last year. It matters what you do next. Agree a hundred percent. And just in terms of the draft, like I think that that's what's fun about fantasy baseball this year is like there's so many guys that might be higher than they should be because I get like, you know, people who are doing rankings, you kind of have to go to a degree off of last year's stats. Like you kind of have um no choice to a degree, but you know, there are some guys that you should still rank higher, at least for, in my opinion. Um, And then just in terms of the rest of the draft, I was listening to Scott Cullard, which everybody should go listen to Locked Up Fantasy Baseball, obviously. And he recorded his like live reaction stream of consciousness during the draft. And I liked his little comments when I think he made one. He's like, Oh, Eduardo Rodriguez just went. That's probably a little bit early that I, I would have taken him, but you know what they say? You got to take who you think is going to be good at stuff like little comments like that, that I really loved. And that being one of my favorite things, I think Scott, by the way, just has the most balanced team shocker that he has the most balanced team out of all of us idiots in the league. My other favorite things that happens, uh, cause there was a couple ridiculous things. One, uh, AJ Andrews of lockdown blue Jays does not like Trevor Bauer. She showed up to the draft late <laughs> It auto drafted for Trevor Bauer. Let's just say she was quite upset and got back into our chat room and just had some words. Um, she was like, are you bleeping kidding me? But thankfully, <laughs> it all, all's well that ends well because she got a lovely trade. So mm-hmm. she actually ended up, I believe, with Ryu, mm-hmm. who's actually on the Blue Jays, which is great. And he's yeah. he's an amazing pitcher. I loved watching yeah. him pitch when I lived in LA. He was great. I actually, he, I actually got to see him pitch a complete game shutout on less than 100 pitches. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, so that's pretty fun. Uh, so, and I, I do like in general that basically everyone in our league at least got to pick some players that are part of their team, which is going to be good uh, for content purposes and rooting for the team that they're going to be watching all the time every day anyway. So that's really nice. Uh, Sean Woodley, a fascist, um, just for stealing Key Brian Hayes from Ethan. I thought it was it got dark for for a couple minutes because <laughs> Ethan genuinely didn't speak 
for the Ethan next was, lifetime. I was Ethan like, was broken, like the picture of yeah, a broken man. It was kind of like the the moment in The Force Awakens, the end of that movie regarding Han Solo. That was kind of what I imagined Ethan felt like, uh, to be honest with you. And then another one of my favorite things, Connor Newcomb has officially cemented himself as the villain of this league. He went all pitching and I mean all pitching like I'm not exaggerating it is 16 team super deep league this guy said I don't care about hitters whatsoever um I think his best bat is Giancarlo Stad who's could be good if he's healthy but then not all that to sure things like that but he ended up with Jacob DeGrom Jack Flaherty Kenta Maeda Tyler Glass now Corbin Burns Devin Williams and Sean Manaya. uh Connor Newcomb just deciding to send the league into chaos, making it a lot harder for people to find pitchers because he took all of them. He's a super villain of the league this year. And I wish him the, the least of luck possible uh, in his quest to win a championship, which he will not win. Of course I'll make sure of it, but you know, someone else can beat him too. Javi is the, uh, as the, um, whatchamacallit of the league. What are you like the, the commissioner? The commissioner. <laughs> yeah. Um, as the commissioner of the league, you wield a lot of power. Let's, let's try to keep it. Let's try to keep it uh, above board. Um, we don't want an Astro situation on our hands here. Um, so, all right, before we wrap up, I just want to say, I love like how we're kind of just a little family and we actually do things together on the regular. And it's not just like, oh, you host Locked on Padres. I host Locked on Red Sox. We never talk. Like in most time, normal times, why would a Red Sox podcast and a Padres podcast have anything to do with each other? They wouldn't. But because of this whole global panini, as they say on social media that we've been in for over a year now, you and I have gotten to record together like at least 20 times. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything from the sports movie bracket to our Mickey Calloway takedown to um, an episode about sports writing, random crossovers that have nothing to do with anything. You're my mom's favorite guest on this pod or co co host on these pods. And I'm appreciative. I'm grateful. And I'm excited for this league. I don't really know how I'm going to do. And you and I are the first matchup we have is our teams. I don't really know what that's going to be like. You want to make a friendly wager? How friendly? Because your your invitation to join the league was not friendly. It was (laughs) terrifying. You're like, want to make a friendly wager? If you lose, you have to jump in a lake that's still frozen. So let it be clear. I never make money wagers. You should probably guys go check out locked on bets for when it comes to uh, some of your more money related things or betonline.ag, which you talked about earlier um, when it comes to that stuff. But what I mean by friendly wagers is, is you got to have fun. I'm not into the, Oh, I bet you a hundred bucks. Ah, who cares? That's the mainstream basic way to make wages. No, no, no. I'm talking silly stuff. I'm talking, you got to put something at the beginning of your podcast, talking about how I defeated you or one of my favorite classic classic bets, because I beat my friend, one of my best friends famously, I beat him, Gabrielle, at every fantasy sport. We played each other in basketball, football, and baseball. I beat him every single year for like six straight years. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other story entirely. Um, one of my favorite bets that I would do with him is whoever wins gets to choose the profile picture of the other person on that's Twitter. For what I thought you were going to say, and I'm totally yeah. down for it, as long as it's like nothing inappropriate. No, 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 no. You know, I'm obviously. not going to do anything that I know would be like actually super problematic i won't make it of someone you hate or anything like that but i will do something that might just be like a goofy cartoon picture because i get a kick out of seeing people tweet behind some 
something that isn't them. It just makes me laugh. I made my friend use King Day today one time, which is the dude with the hammer from the Kirby series. I'll come up with one for you because I know I will end up victorious. But uh, yeah, let's make let's do a virtual handshake on the podcast for that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I am 100% down for that. It's, it's, it really is fun, right? When you see someone tweeting. It's one of those things that like, doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme Mm -hmm. of like human existence. Mm -hmm. And yet for some reason, while it's happening, you take immense pleasure from it. I don't know why. (laughs) It's just so funny. And you tweet a lot. I tweet a lot too, to be honest too. So you get maximum value out of it too. Right. Cause everyone's going to see it. It's just like, it just shows a picture of like a giraffe thing or whatever. By the way, really quickly, you don't have to include this part, but you're little, I laughed way too loud at your giraffe Devers thing. What what did you post? Oh, yes. So if people on the podcast don't know, I love puns and wordplay. And I, our puppy, we got her a bunch of toys and one of them was a giraffe. So I named it Giraffeal Devers. And now being a tiny teething puppy who has fangs like a vampire, she has ripped a couple of her toys this week, including her giraffe and her donut. So I post a picture to Twitter being like, sad news to report Giraffeal Devers to the IL with an abdominal strain uh, because he, she ripped his belly and you can see the fuzz coming out. So yes, Giraffeal Devers, very sad to report. Anyway. <laughs> this has been locked on Padres yeah. and locked on Red Sox. It's always more fun. lighthearted than uh, our last talk, which I is know. Talk, so. But I will say, if you haven't listened to our last talk, we did a round table with Stacy, host of Locked on Yankees. And it was about Mickey Calloway and sexual harassment in sports and being a woman in sports. And Javi very wonderfully had reached out. You actually reached out to me about it before. I did. Not before this, it was before it was in between the Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway news initially breaking, mm-hmm. but before the second wave of Mickey Calloway news broke. And so when mm-hmm. you said that you wanted to have a conversation with women on the network, and I thought it was wonderful, but we didn't end up doing it until I woke up that morning to the news of Calloway. And I was so incensed that I messaged the group DM and was like, does anyone have time to just like get on with me right now? And we can just rant about how terrible this is. And you and Stace did, and we had a wonderful time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was necessary, I think, um, in a lot of ways to have that talk. And I'm glad that we had it. It was really good. It was absolutely wonderful. So this has been Locked on Padres and Locked on Red Sox for the millionth time since March 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wear your mask. And as always, go Red Sox and go Padres. Yeet! And zip zap to you everybody. That is it for my discussion, my fantasy baseball discussion with Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox. Be sure to go follow her on her uh, podcast feed at uh, you know Locked On Red Sox wherever you get your podcast. But before we uh, talk about some future stuff from my podcast, firstly I want to very appropriately talk to you about Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Fantasy baseball addicts you. I mean, if you could tell based on our call, uh, based on this chat, I'm a fantasy baseball addict. And now you have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues, and that's Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins season long fantasy 
Dynasty Leagues, DFS, Lockdown Fantasy Baseball, they cover it all, guys. Subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to do that. And in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, tomorrow's episode is going to be a nice, awesome, super geeky chat with Aram Layton of Lockdown MLB Prospects and Lockdown Marlins. We're talking all things Gore. We're talking all things Campisado. We're talking all things... CJ Abrams, every literally everything, all things. It is so dorky and nerdy, but in the best way possible. Aram is one of my favorite people to talk to for sure. So always awesome catching up with him. Um, but with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's very chunky boy edition of the Locked On Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from: Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever, wherever. And while you're at it, if you don't mind, send me from some five-star yummy reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.